Hello and welcome to Kids' Stuff, a Chucky podcast, a Haunted MTL original podcast. I'm your host, David Davis, and my guest this week is returning from our very first episode. Welcome back, Kevin Heyman. Thank you for having me again. It's fun to be here. Yeah, and I, I understand that uh, you've went and dove into the series a little bit more. So before we uh, get into that, can you kind of briefly reintroduce yourself and what you do for the audience? Absolutely. My name is Kevin Heyman. I am a writer, artist, uh, podcaster, and graphic designer. Uh, I am creator of The Errant Apprentice, Coda's World, Mailbox Rocket Ship, and I am the current host of Supernatural Selection. Available on DeviantBehaviorRadio.com or WFUC.xyz. And I think uh, I was looking at the episode counts because I do that, and I think I'm on like like at least a third of the episodes of your show. Yes, yes you are. <laughs> you are officially one of the co-hosts, so that's yep. always cool. So that's a little uh, humble brag for me there. Absolutely. So, um, okay, so Kevin, since we last talked... The what the movie that you had seen was Child's Play. Since then, how much Chucky stuff have you watched? All of it. <laughs> so you're officially like part of the cult. Now, I huh? am in the cult of Chucky with you. Yes. <laughs> um. So yeah, like, what was that experience? Kind of catching up with all of them. How did you feel about the series overall as you went through? I'm gonna be honest, man. There's a couple of missteps in there, but overall, I love the whole series. Um, it is fantastic. Yeah. I mean, the series is going on for, what, like 30 years or something, right? Yeah. Thereabouts? Yeah, it's it's technically been with me my whole life, but in the background. Mm-hmm. So. Uh, you know, and it would make sense that there's a couple areas where they kind of maybe have like a slight misfire, but it always seems to recover beautifully. Absolutely. Uh, particularly towards those last two films, I think. Mm-hmm. Um, Seed of Chucky, not my favorite, but, uh, you know, we'll... <laughs> I, which, I love that one. I... Uh, but, you know, that that's for another episode. Absolutely. <laughs> Um, okay, so, the reason why we're here today is we're going to be talking about the Chucky TV show, specifically the first episode. Yeah. Now, for listeners, uh, if you follow me on social media and Haunted MTL, you'll already see that I posted a kind of spoiler-free review of it, like, spoiler alert, I absolutely loved it. Um, we're not so much reviewing the episode in this discussion, but rather just kind of, like, talking about it like we talked about, like, Child's Play. Um... So you've been warned in that regard. So um, I, I guess what I want to do first is talk a little bit about the the production. I'll probably get a little more detailed as we go on throughout the series. Um, but two, uh, a couple things to know. First of all, the show is created by Don Mancini mm-hmm. and exec- executive produced by Mancini and David Kirshner, who have been with the franchise since the beginning. So it's, again, that example of, like, having that singular kind of creative vision that weaves through everything. Yeah, absolutely. And that's one of the things that really impresses me about the entire franchise is you've had the same two people involved from the get-go. And then, of course, like, the same actor in the form of, uh, you know, Brad Dourif, who's just, like... Yeah. Like, game for everything, I guess. Yeah, definitely. I mean, he obviously enjoys what he does. Mm-hmm. Now, the series is a direct follow-up from the seventh film of the series, Cult of Chucky, mm-hmm. and continues that story. So, Kevin, what do you remember about Cult of Chucky? I remember um, pretty much all of it, because I saw it about it less <laughs> than a week ago. Um, 
Cult of Chucky, we had uh, uh, Nika in the Insane Asylum from the previous film. Uh, someone mm -hmm. sends her a Chucky doll. If you haven't seen the movie, I'm not going to spoil anything. And uh, it, it is, of course, Chucky, Chucky. And mm -hmm. shenanigans ensue. And you end up with like three or four different Chuckies. Yes. Um, there, yeah, there are so, multiple Chuckies. Uh, Andy shows up. With, mm -hmm. with Andy light. shows up in a really cool way, too. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that, that bit with uh, the haircut, and then it's like, oh, yeah, there was a gun there the entire... Yeah, that's fantastic. I, lo I um, love the idea that his only friend during most of the film is a disembodied Chucky head that he shot <laughs> uh, attached to a railroad tie. Yeah, and then, you know, he has his little blowtorch and everything <laughs> like that. Oh, it's great. Yeah. Um, so the, the thing we need to keep in mind here is that, you know, in the background of the show, uh, which seems to be set up about, I would say, it seems like maybe like two years after Colt, mm -hmm. um, based on some of the music that I heard, there was a Billie Eilish song that uh, that I heard that, you know, I, gives me a rough idea of the timeline. Sure. Um, but uh, the key thing we got to keep in mind is that there are probably multiple Chuckies running around in this situation. We're only getting the point of view of one of them right now. Mm -hmm. So, um, Kevin. Yes. On a scale of one to five, with five being great, one being terrible, how'd you feel about that episode? I 100% curious. I give it a five. There is. <clears throat> I, I love the setup. You get a kill in it. Uh, you get to see Chucky being Chucky. And. and I, I give it a lot of credit because there's very few times where you, you're rooting for Chucky in mm -hmm. the films. But in this episode, you're kind of like, yeah, kill these motherfuckers. Yeah, there, there's something going interesting here with, um, like, maybe they're kind of setting up Chucky to be an anti-hero in a sense. But it's also because that community is full of, like, absolutely shitty people. Oh, yeah, no. I mean, it is definitely one of those, um, it's a town that deserves to die for the most. Part. Yeah, and we'll, we'll talk about some of those people in that town. So, uh, first person I want to bring up is Zachary Arthur is Jake Wheeler, who uh, starts the episode by buying Chucky from a yard sale. Mm -hmm. What did you think of uh, Zachary? Zachary is doing an amazing job in this episode. He is pulling a lot of emotion. Uh, mm -hmm. The whole sequence where the doll statue gets destroyed, his father done, mm -hmm. all of it is just, this kid's good. And what I like about his performance is that you could easily see him being like, like to to do Star Wars turns, being seduced by the dark side. Here, you could see like that inner darkness, especially with, you know, I'm uh -huh. I'm all for outsider art, but the doll body part statue is a little bit like, you you think you'd hear about that like on last podcast on the left when they do a heavy hitter oh, episode? Oh God, yeah, no, this kid is a uh, a Ted Bundy in the making. Mm -hmm. And it's going to be interesting. I'm I'm really looking forward to seeing that kind of like push and pull between mm -hmm. uh, uh, Chucky and and uh, the character of Jake. Mm -hmm. um, you know, because he's got all the hallmarks and the the tragedy of someone who could become a serial killer, which is really interesting. Absolutely, Andy's obsessed with true crime. So, yeah. And then uh, speaking of true crime, uh, and I'm going to butcher this name, uh, Jorgen Arnerson, Jorgen Arnerson. Uh, who plays uh, Devin, who's Jake's uh, crush, and he's the podcaster. Yes. I get the feeling that he recognized the the good guy doll. 
I think you're right. I think you recognize a good guy doll. I also kind of get the feeling that maybe Devin recognizes something in Jake. Mm-hmm. That... Like, I, I'm very curious about that, mm-hmm. yeah. Because, you know, we asked him to be on a show because he wanted to talk about bullying, and I get the feeling that maybe he's looking at this kid going, number one, maybe I can nip this in the bud. Number two... Yeah, is he profiling him? Yeah, exactly. Number two, yeah. he's like, maybe... I can get in on the ground floor. Maybe this is my story. Which is like, would be supremely fucked up because this is a story about a community that's like absolutely terrible. And I could see that kind of shoe dropping where uh-huh. Devin is, you know, because it's clear that Jake has a thing for Devin. Yeah. But like, it, just that, that tragedy would be enough to cause Jake to, like, flip out and kill somebody, I think. Oh, yeah, finding... which is, find, I mean, like, him asking him to be on the podcast, uh, because, mm-hmm. like, and here's the thing, I sort of... I identify with Jake a little bit with that whole getting mm-hmm. sympathy sort of thing, uh-huh. making you really pissed off. I'm like, yeah, no, I could see that. There, there, there could be a very serious wedge driven in here. Mm-hmm. So... Kudos on both of them. I'm looking forward to seeing more of the Devin character because we didn't get a lot from him. What we got was interesting, though. And one thing I noticed is, like, the podcast seems, like, super short. Yeah, yeah, he's definitely doing a (laughs) Aaron Mankey's Cabinet of Curiosities as opposed to lore. Like, I I do like the the podcast name Hack and Slash, though. That's (laughs) that's a lot of fun. It's very cute. All those little details, I really appreciate. It makes the community... Feel lived in. Yes, definitely. Uh, it, Hack and Hack and Sack, New Jersey. Hack and Slash. It's it's definitely mm-hmm. a fun little thing, right? So a couple more of the kids to talk about. We also had Olivia Allen Lind as Lexi Cross, Jake's bully. Oh, what did we think of Lexi? Man, fuck that kid. <laughs> Man, that kid is just the devil. Like. You know, oh, she's fantastic. Oh, no, she's a great actress. Uh, she she <laughs> seems like, the actress seems like she would be a really sweet kid, and I'm willing to wager on some level she's having fun playing this bitch of a character. Mm-hmm. I, I read in, like, a behind-the-scenes interview or something like that, like, one of the press tours, she mentioned she felt just, like, so bad doing the shit that she had to do on set. Oh, I can imagine. Yeah. And... When I when I wrote my review, I described her as like the the mean girl from hell. Like if she was in Mean Girl, she'd be like the absolute worst one. Yes. Um, which I'm very interested because I don't want Chucky to kill her off right away. Because um, one thing that I'm notorious for is liking characters who like inject drama into mm-hmm. things. Like with The Walking Dead, my favorite character was Merle Dixon, who was Daryl's brother, mm-hmm. like the the asshole that everybody hated. I love those characters, and I'm hoping that Lexi sticks around for a while, because I just like how she just injects that kind of venom into all of this. I'm going to make a prediction here. Yeah. Something is making her do this, and when I say something, like there's something in her past that makes her this horrible bitch. Mm-hmm. But also, I love the hints that maybe she is why Jake's cousin is the way he is. Mm-hmm. Yeah, there's something going on there. Mm-hmm. We'll talk about that. The The other big hint is uh, her little sister, who we see in the audience of the talent show scene, uh, like her eyes light up when she sees Chucky. There's just. But also, like, she's really pissed off at her sister. Oh, yeah, no. She just, like. 
there's absolute glee on her face when Chucky takes her down a peg. Mm-hmm. And we'll talk about like what he does in a bit. Oh, but yes. I, yeah, uh, I'm also glad you brought up uh, her boyfriend, Junior, mm-hmm. who is Jake's cousin. So, um... Oh, wait, before... Junior's... Oh, I, yes. I just want to throw in there. Uh-huh. Gage pointed... My roommate pointed out to me. The actor playing... Lexi's father is mm-hmm. the doctor from Cult of Chucky. Yes, yes, that happens a lot with uh, these Chucky films. I, like, I for example, um, the the guy in the asylum, uh, Multiple Mike, I think they call uh-huh. him. He was a uh, cop in Curse of Chucky. Oh, great! Oh, right. Okay. Yeah, and then like. Um, yeah, so, like, Don Mancini, he, like, has his little stable of actors, and he always kind of, like, brings them back, which I absolutely love. Lo- That's great. I love when a, a creator does that. So, yeah. I, mm-hmm. I just thought that was a fun little thing I had to throw in there, but yeah. Oh, yeah, no. And I, I'll have some little observations that I wrote down as part of my review that I'll kind of mention here. Great. But um, l- Let's talk about Junior. What the fuck is going on let's with Junior? Let's talk about Junior. Um, You know... We're watching it, and while we're watching the show, my roommate and I are discussing, like, the characters, and one of the things we both agree is, I think Junior and Jake grew apart after the death of Jake's mother, and Junior Mm. is pissed about it, and he's taking it out on Jake, but I don't think his heart is really in it. Now, see, I'm... I don't know, like, that's a good theory, I like that, but also I'm wondering if, like, Junior himself is closeted. That. Because he keeps pushing that, like, you know, yeah, you're gay, you're gay, you know, like, when um when one of those dinner. kids hits on him. Mm, right. When one of those kids hits on him, and he's like, oh, it happens all the time. I'm f- um, yeah, which, let, let's not mince words, it's a very attractive boy. <laughs> he's, uh, he's definitely the kind of person that everybody's gonna hit on in school. Just say. Yeah, like, if you're, you're in middle school, he would be, like, the, the popular hot kid, I guess. Yes. But, you know, it, it's just that idea that, like, he's closeted, maybe he's a little jealous of Jake. For being in that out? Yeah, mm-hmm. yeah, because Jake is pretty much out. Yeah. Um. Now, um, the series is going to offer some recurring characters um, from the past series, but we'll talk about them as they pop up. I did see Tiffany yeah. at one point. Which was, that was a lot of fun. Um, but let's talk about um, Devin Sawa. Like, damn, dude. Great job. Devin Sawa. Who's he, that? Is that it? Yeah, um, so so do you remember the um, Final Destination films? Actually, I don't. I mean, I know they oh, exist, okay. but... So, see, so he, he was one of those, like, um, like, young leading men for, like, horror films and teen films mm-hmm. for a while. So he plays Logan, Jake's father. Oh, or, um, yes. Or, I'm sorry, Jake's uncle. And then he also played Lucas, who was Jake's father. Yeah, in a dual role because they're twins, obviously. Yeah, but, but I, I thought they did a great job with that, oh, but I really yeah. like how, like, he made them very distinct characters. He definitely like, you know, he's, he's a professional actor. Definitely. Like, so you expect that, but I wasn't... I wasn't um, expecting it to be just so different between the two of them. Yeah, it, it's definitely a night and day sort of thing. You have the mm-hmm. brother that is extremely successful, and then he's like, you know, I could throw a little work your way. It's like, I don't need your pity. Right, and, and you know, here's the thing. I Of the 
people in the town so far, there are only a few of them who I feel are likable right now. So Jake is obviously one of them because mm-hmm. we're kind of invested in yeah. him. Um, I think Logan, his uncle, I think Logan is one of those. I haven't seen anything that sends me any red flags. Mm-hmm. Like maybe he's kind of being a little dick because he's like, oh, I can maybe send you some work. I also, but also he's, he's trying to help. I think he's pushing his son too much with that whole, you need another extracurricular activity. And he's like, what? Well, if anyone can handle right, it, but you like, can. But would we consider like a tiger mom to be evil? You know what I mean? Yeah. Yeah. I so I, I, like. <laughs> yeah, no, you know, that's fair. That's fair. Expectations can like really harm oh, kids. Yeah. But yeah, I, I just don't see Logan as being too. Um, I think if he's got a flaw, it's that he wants uh, the best for his son. And he's pushing him too hard. But yeah. uh, that would be his major flaw if he has one. Now, um, the other character is the science teacher, and unfortunately, I don't have her name on me right now. But uh, the science teacher was pretty I'm, cool. But I'm just gonna say she's probably my favorite character in the show. My concern, though, and I, I just, I, it's probably purely because of how she looks. Mm-hmm. I'm wondering if she's Glenda. Hmm. I don't. I'm wondering if she might be Glenda. I don't know that Glenda is old enough at this well, point. Well, okay, so so um Seed to Chucky came out in 1990 No, no, it came out like 2000 like 4, yeah, 2005. Yeah, 2004 I think cuz anyway, yeah. Okay, so yeah, maybe you're right. I I don't know. I'm no just like, oh man, I I cuz I really want to know what happens with Glenn and Glenda. You know, and now that you say that, I forgot. Oh wait, it's been like 20 Freaking years! I'm old. That's right. Yeah. So you know that that's the thing. It's like so maybe I don't know. Um, <clears throat> we'll call that my tinfoil hat theory that that might be Glenda. Yeah. But um, and then of course we do need to mention uh Brad Dorif as Chucky. Um, I think he totally found his voice again. If that makes sense. Yes. Because uh, the, the past couple movies, it's obviously Dorif, he's doing a great job, but his voice sounded different. Here he seems a little more relaxed, because I think he was able to kind of figure out... Because obviously as an actor gets older, their voice changes. Mm-hmm. And I think he was able to kind of tap into that a little bit. And like this is, I think, the best Chucky has sounded since uh, Bride of Chucky. Yeah, I also think, like... Maybe they were, since they're kind of, I know they're supposed to delve into uh, Charles Lee Ray's backstory. I think maybe part of the direction could have been, don't think Chucky, think Charles Lee Ray. Mm-hmm. Yeah, because he, like, it's weird to say that Chucky feels, like, softer to a degree, but he kind of does. Well, like, yeah, no, I agree, because anytime he picks up an, a knife and there's someone in the room, nine times out of ten, you're like, well, this guy's dead. But when he has a mm-hmm. knife in the room with Jake, you're like, now, Jake's all right. He's not going to mm-hmm. hurt Jake right now. He's 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 yeah. got something going here. And uh, I also think he, he sympathizes with Jake. Oh, yeah, totally. Um, I think we're going to find that um, Charles was in a very abusive household. I think you're right. And they they do hint a little bit about his past because they talk about um that like he was a survivor his parents were killed mm-hmm. so I wouldn't be surprised if Charles himself killed his parents mm-hmm. and my my theory right now I I don't know but I think what's going to happen is he seems particularly because uh, at the end of the episode you see a young Charles with his mother mm-hmm. 
I think something happens where his dad kills his mom, and he and then Charles kills his dad. Mm-hmm. I think that's what they're gonna do, and it's gonna it's gonna generate some sympathy for Charles, but also well, like we can't be too sympathetic. No, to and I kind of this is kind of going back to the whole last podcast thing, you know. In a lot of these serial killer stories, when you hear about their childhood, there is an intense amount of sympathy you have for these kids a lot of times mm-hmm. because it's like, man, if somebody had just reached this kid and given him like just enough hugs, maybe none of this would have happened. Or maybe gave him a helmet so they didn't get their head oh, hit too many times. Yeah, no, I mean, like, they, like one hammer blow to the head can turn a lot of people yeah. into a serial killer, yes. Well, and, you know, I'm wondering if that might be the situation with Jake as well, because Jake got hit pretty hard there. I'm wondering if there might be a history of, like, head trauma in Jake's Yeah, past. his nose bled real easy. Yeah. getting hit in the head. Um, so... I, I want to talk about a few of like those little key moments of the episode. And I think the one I want to talk about most is that kill because that kill is like one of my favorites in the series. Yeah, I want to talk about that kill for my own reasons. As some of you know, I work <laughs> uh, in a liquor store, and Jake's dad <laughs> is an alcoholic, and mm-hmm. they covered the label, but he's drinking my favorite bourbon, <laughs> which is Woodford Reserve. Oh, no. And Chucky kills him via electrocution by vomiting. And also, that scene where he throws up the <laughs> the Woodford Reserve on him is such... Mm-hmm. It reminds me of Team America World Police. Mm-hmm. Oh, yes, definitely. It throws up in the alley. Mm-hmm. <laughs> so I'm laughing the whole time that happens. But the two things I think is, number one, this is a great kill. And number two, that is a waste of some really good bourbon. Uh <laughs> <laughs> but that is well, it was such a fun kill though and what, one of the things I like that is whenever like Chucky kind of taps into the fact that he's kind of like this inhuman doll mm-hmm. so just the way that like the, the, the spraying mechanism or whatever works it's like it, it, he, does Chucky have a stomach? I don't think so well, here's the thing I noticed when Chucky's a doll he has no mm-hmm. interior to the mouth or throat but when Charles takes over he does mm-hmm. So, I'm thinking it's voodoo magic. Yeah, and I, I just, it, it's just such a weird, visceral kill. It's, <laughs> it's like, funny and, and terrifying at the same time. Like, it's a scary thing, like, the, especially those little glimpses that you get of him in the basement. Mm-hmm. Which, you know, doing the, the whole Chucky thing. That is, that is classic throwback to, like, Child's Play 2. Yeah, yeah, there was a lot of, uh... And that was one of those things that I talked about in my review is that this this first episode kind of rhymed with other parts of the series. It really did. Like uh, one of those other great moments is when Jake has Chucky and he's shaking him. He's like, talk to me, damn it. Oh. And then like Chucky slaps him. Yeah, no, that was that was fantastic. That was a straight yeah. callback to Andy's yeah. mom in the first movie. And uh, me and... Uh, we were very aware of the callbacks, the the echoes, mm-hmm. as it were. Yeah, it, it helps that you've like kind of binged them all since then. Oh but yeah. yeah, like there's just there's so many great little nods, like the whole basement scene feeling like something out of Child's Play two, mm-hmm. and everything like that. Um, so let's talk about that talent show. Oh, <laughs> let's please. That is like the ballsiest thing I think I've ever seen Chucky do. And it is like, it was so satisfying. Really I was sitting was. there with my wife watching it 
And I was just like, oh my god. Let's see, she looks at Pokemon porn, which here <laughs> Brad Dourif as Chucky say the words Pokemon porn. Uh, my bucket list item I, crossed I off. I didn't even know it was on my <laughs> list, and now it's been marked off, and I'm happy for it. I'm just... That is just such a cool thing that like I did not expect, and to 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 have Chucky like be mm-hmm. that vocal in public, but then the way he was able to kind of turn it into that um, ventriloquism show, just very cool. Yes, uh, and the thing is, it's kind of obvious when you look at it. It's like this is one of those things I'm willing to wager has been in the back of Mancini's head. Since mm-hmm. the get go, oh my god, wouldn't it be great if we had Chucky pretending he was a ventriloquist doll? And mm-hmm. then they kind of did that with uh, Shitface in Seed of Chucky. Mm-hmm. But, you know, this is this is so much more satisfying. Well, and that, that was that's kind of like I, you get the you get the sense that Mancini has a lot of stuff in his pocket for later. Mm-hmm. Like, you know, with uh, Cult of Chucky, all the the multiple Chucky's, that was something he was thinking about clear back during uh, Child's Play 2. Oh, yeah, because, I mean, it would it would have been yeah. so easy to just have like the blood get in the vat and say that, like, OK, well, there's like 90 Chucky's now. Yeah, but they had to have that little extra thing of like that electric, uh, the electrical accident to to kick it off. Yeah. But, um, but yeah, just like that that scene with the talent show is uh, like that. That's I think that's what sold me on the show. Yes, that they're willing to go that far with you know set it, you know and um. <clears throat> so I watched these things with my wife Holly. Mm-hmm. And she's very much the type who gets very angry when she sees people being dicks and no one's stopping them. Mm-hmm. So, like, the audience of people being absolutely terrible as these children are made fun of. Yeah. Um, it, it It's such a good way to kind of set up the town. Or is Hackensack more of a city? I would say city. Uh, um, it's, it's, it's a thing. I don't know. It's... It's Hackensack. It's Hackensack. It is what it is. It's a city that feels like a town. Yeah. At least in so, <laughs> but but the idea is that like it, it really does a good job of setting up like what a scummy the place this feels like. Mm-hmm. And you know, I don't want to dis- I, I don't want to disparage the the fine people of Hackensack, New Jersey, the but fictional like fictional Hackensack. Yes, yes, definitely full of assholes. But, uh, you know, when I first read about the pitch for the show, um, the, the the pitch emphasized, like, Chucky kind of being let loose in this community full of secrets, and they do a great job of setting up that concept in that scene, and I'm just, I'm all here for it. Yeah, that reminds me, can we bring up the fact that uh, Jake's aunt is Alexa Doig? Uh-huh, and yes. I've loved her since she was on... Uh, what was that? Got all uh, Gene Roddenberry's Andromeda. Andromeda, and then she yeah. was in Jason X. So she's definitely got some horror movie chops, and mm-hmm. uh, I'm just glad to see her getting work. Yeah, so yeah, it's, and it's great. And I, I'm very curious, like what her whole secret is. Is well. I'm willing to, you know, what this it feels like, sort of a callback to Curse of Chucky to me. Mm-hmm. Like maybe she has a lesbian lover. You know, it could be that, or, you know, it could be, like, I don't know if, I don't know if he would dive into that well too soon yeah. again, but yeah, it's entirely possible. Yeah. 
Um, so, what what was another scene that you were particularly like interested in? What what scene? What what? Here here. Okay. What scene sold you on the show? Hundred percent honest. Uh, the dynamic between Jake and his dad sold me on the episode. Mm-hmm. Because like the whole thing where like his dad won't accept that he's gay. You know, mm-hmm. there's that whole thing. Yeah. Uh, and he gets angry when people bring it up and he keeps saying he doesn't know what he is. Right. And then when he comes upstairs drunk and just obliterates the doll sculpture, I was, mm-hmm. I, I was like, okay, that was a bad thing to do, but, well, and, but you know what I thank thought, you yeah. for doing it because holy shit, I hate that statue. <laughs> well, and you know, I, I, when I first watched the episode, I'm like, okay, so, uh, you know, Jake's dad's, he, he's an asshole, but at least he's not like a super abusive one. And then they, they, they flip the switch. And then it turns out, oh wait, he is a super abusive asshole. Mm-hmm. Yeah. And I, I, I think that, um, you, you get the sense that there was something good in Jake's dad for a while, I, but I it's agree. just, it's too far gone. Yeah. And that's, what's the saddest thing. Cause then Chucky, like. Chucky's already kind of trying to groom Jake in a sense, mm-hmm. so he's cutting off Jake from repairing that relationship. Yeah. Which, there's going to be a whole lot of gaslighting in the show, and it's going to be frustrating, and I'm going to absolutely enjoy yeah, it. Yeah, no, Chucky's definitely like, you wanted him dead. So, mm-hmm. it was it was definitely... Yeah, I'm really looking forward to see where they take this. But like, um, like you said, I think the best scene in the entire show was definitely the talent show. Yeah. That definitely now, me on it. Now, you saw Tiffany, right? In the episode? No, where was she? Uh, right, at the, right at the yard sale scene, you see a woman in a red coat. Oh. Yeah, that that's Tiffany Valentine right there because she wears that very distinct, mm, yeah, right. that very distinct red coat. So you see that she seemed to have planted Chucky there. Of course. Well, so yeah, yeah. Chucky's got a reason to be back home. I'm sure. Yeah, that that's also like why is why is this Chucky coming to Hackensack? What's going on with the other ones? There's there's a whole lot of mysteries that were like going to have to try to parse throughout the series and I'm just I'm very excited. I am too. About that. I'm curious how they're going to work this. Is Jake related to him? That's a question. That you know that's interesting as well. Um, you know, that that's a good question. I don't think we have enough information to work off from so far. No. But but you know, I could see that as a, a possibility. As a writer and a creator like that direction mm-hmm. you could definitely take it. So um do you think they did a good job of updating the character for a younger generation? I know it's weird to ask you that, and it's weird for me to think about that because we're getting to be old at this point. Yeah. <laughs> but, well, but like, do you think they did a good job kind of like contemporizing it? Speaking uh, as someone that watched it with a 23 year old. Oh, okay. yes. Mm. I watched it with someone who is literally half my age, and uh, they did a very good job of updating Chucky to something for the modern era. Mm-hmm. Because a lot of it's got to do, you know, you can you can kill people, but it's more fun to play with them with their secrets. Like you remember, mm-hmm. his aunt was like, "You mentioned I had a secret in, in, when you were doing your talent show routine. What what did you mean by that? Oh, I was 
I was just trying to be funny. Because he's like, mm-hmm. I don't fucking know. What's Chucky know? Yeah, and it, it's like um, Chucky versus the Zoomers, I think. Oh, uh, that, that's, how I, that's how I put it in my review. I love that. Um, that that's that's a great description. But, you know, that that's a thing that I think, like, I, okay, so obviously I can't speak for the young ones, but, like, it it's social embarrass, uh, embarrassment and trolling that seems to be kind of like the terror of the modern age of gen z mm-hmm. you know what i mean you know you've got the uh uh doxing you've got all of that stuff going on so mm-hmm. i i think chucky kind of shifting his purpose like he's still going to kill obviously oh, yes but but i think his thing is like he's kind of found his time because he's going to focus on like um you know trolling people mm-hmm. you know what i mean i if we were to break charles lee ray down into uh your your types of serial killers he's definitely a process killer oh most as definitely. opposed to a product killer he definitely it's the joy of the act and i think he's learned that just killing doesn't do it he's got to have a personal reason to do it so you're telling me he's edging himself i think he's edging yes <laughs> i think he's well getting there and then being like yeah yeah no it's gonna be great when it happens yeah, and you know, um it's it's a departure from child's play because in child's play he uh he wasn't so much you see him start to like figure out that he enjoys kind of like messing with people. Mm-hmm. But you know, when he first starts in child's play, he's not necessarily doing that. No. I also feel like the reason for this is because we've got the longer format. Mm-hmm. You can you can stretch it out, you can have Chucky feel his way through the kills more. It, it's yeah, it's and, quality over quantity now. Yeah, and we're going to have uh, eight eight episodes, oh, which... Oh, oh, uh, that's going to be great. Yeah, and I'm, I'm, I just got to say, I'm super impressed with how well the series is translated to television. I agree. Um, um, I didn't know if it would work, and I am happy to be proven wrong. Especially, like, okay, so I do have some issues with, like, the previous two movies, the the design of the doll itself, like, I had some issues with the... I agree. The the design. But it seems like they kind of nailed it here. It looks more like Chucky. Mm-hmm. Uh-huh. Because um, part of the thing I... Part of the problem I had is, like, okay, the doll looked like a Chucky doll in the last two movies, for the most part. Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. when it started moving around, it's like they made it look more like Brad Dourif. Mm-hmm. And, like, I get it, but also it was kind of a... What's the term? I'm, it was off-putting. Yeah, like, they... they um Like, when, when you see Chucky go into full, like, Chucky mode in the show, mm-hmm. obviously his face distorts and he looks, uh, you know, more like Charles Lee Ray and everything like that. But, um like, the, the core design... The previous two didn't really feel so much like toy dolls. No. This one does. It feels like a doll moving around. Yeah. Yeah. I, yeah. I, Especially with, like, how much softer the doll looks when it's not, you know, gaslighting people. Mm-hmm. I also um, think the lack of stitches kind of helps. Yeah. So this is clearly not the uh, doll that we've kind of been following since the beginning. This is one of the... Multiple dolls. Yeah, um, I think that original you know, doll is the one uh, Andy has on the railroad block. 
Yeah, that would make a lot of sense. Yeah. Now, um, and then, yeah, let, let's talk about those animatronics, though, because, you know, for... I, I imagine doing an animatronic-heavy show, uh, like TV show, is super, super intense and super difficult. Uh, but Yeah, that's... Anything like that is always going to be difficult. Like, have you ever heard the stories of what it was like making ALF? Mm-hmm. The, the the cast hated it. When, at the end of the show, yeah. the guy that played Willie just didn't say goodbye, just grabbed his coat, got in his car, and drove off and never spoke to anyone again. <laughs> well, and it, it, you know, it's also like, you know, um, I keep thinking of, like, Farscape, and I keep oh, thinking God. of, like, the puppets on Farscape, mm-hmm. and just, like, how frustrating those shoots were. And this is with, like, real professional, like, this is the Jim Henson company, yeah. you know what I mean? Um, so that being said, I think they they kind of went with a smart route here because a lot of the episode, Chucky isn't moving around. Mm, not till the it's end. It's just him. Yeah. It's him menacing people doing his whole, like, I'm going to put myself here. I'm going to put myself here. Hi, I'm just um, a doll. I'm just standing here by the door. <laughs> How did I get here? Yeah. That kind of thing. It, it, yeah. And then they kind of give us that money shot at the end. Um, like obviously they have talking. him jump. Yeah. Yeah, like they give they give him us like jumping down from the counter that, when Lexi's in the the science that lab. That just looked like a doll uh, pushing itself off a thing, though. You know, but but even then, like it's still uncanny as shit. Oh, you know what God, I mean? yes. But yeah, when they give us that kind of money shot of him moving around, um, and just like the level of articulation, like there is no way they could have made this show ten years ago. No, no, it's definitely also that does remind me. Speaking of uh, uncanny valley and all that, I noticed they've gone with Chucky's eyes. Like as mm-hmm. the films have progressed, the eyes have become more horrifying. <laughs> like you know they have like you know it's not like a painted doll's eyes anymore it's like real freaking human eyes with multiple colors and shit in there and now it's better looking like a doll's eyes and mm-hmm. i appreciate that yeah and it, we can maybe assume that it's because it's a recent conversion maybe it was a recent soul transfer sure and maybe that's part of you know so i can imagine that maybe like um Tiffany is buying up a bunch of different Chucky dolls mm-hmm. and they're possibly like seeding them in different communities or something that like that. That may be why they're up to $250 on eBay. Well, and I also think there's also a bidding war because Andy's trying to get a hold of all of them That's too. That's very true. Because we, we get a call because uh, Jake tries to sell mm-hmm. the doll to try to raise some money. I wanted to bring and, that uh, up. Yeah, and it's very clearly Andy who's calling and warning mm-hmm. him, but... um. Like I, I, I'm just I'm happy that we're gonna get more Andy and that we're gonna get Kyle. Yes, and I want to yeah. say though, like in that episode, the way they handled Andy's vocal introduction over the phone mm-hmm. is creepy as shit. Because mm-hmm. it definitely yeah. made it didn't make Jake go, "Oh wow, I got to be careful with this doll." It was like, I think I'm being groomed. What the fuck? Right. And and that's the thing, like for us, the audience, like we totally understand where Andy's coming from. Mm-hmm. We understand his anxieties, everything like that. We've seen him like fish a gun out of the, the torso of a, <laughs> a living doll. Yeah, this is a man but, whose life has been absolutely fucking destroyed and this is all he yeah. has now. So, But now we're looking at it from the outside mm-hmm. with Jake. Which is just pure And man. that call is incredibly unsettling. I know. It's, is his name Chucky? Uh, yeah. <laughs> you know, and th- that's the other thing is like Jake putting his number up there and I'm thinking of like internet safety kids. God damn. I'm si- yeah, I'm sitting here going, what are you doing? 
Mm-hmm. But mm-hmm. my my roommate brought up something very, uh, very uh, interesting about the whole okay Andy situation. Mm-hmm. Uh, okay, when the doll starts telling people stuff and talking to people, the first thing they do. Chucky did it. Chucky told me to do it. The first thing Jake does is, I ain't telling nobody there's a talking doll. Yeah, I mean, he's already bullied enough, you know what I mean? He is the most intelligent protagonist we've had in this series to date. Because I I also don't think that a kid would tell his parents my doll's talking to me. Yeah, yeah, I, I could see that. But also, like... He's already kind of ostracized, mm-hmm. and he's already considered the weird kid, so just kind of keeping that to himself is a huge problem. Oh, God, yes. Um, but, um, yeah, it's definitely a different approach compared to, like, say, like, Andy, or, um, um, oh, I'm trying to remember the name of the kid in Child's Play 3. Yeah, I know who you mean. I can't remember yeah. his name. He was only in that one movie, but he's a good kid. I liked him. Oh, yeah, yeah. Uh, apparently, he stole a car or something. Uh, like, uh, So there's some like real-life oh, stuff actor, going on with yeah. some of the actors. Oh, yeah. dear, man, child <laughs> So I, I have... I'll, I'll probably mention that when I record the Child's Play 3 episode. Oh, God, please, yeah. I mean, one of the things uh, I like about the guy playing Andy is uh, he's a child actor and he's alive and seems to be in pretty good shape. Yeah, yeah, I think, uh, you know, you, you have that thing where, like, apparently, like, child actors don't adjust well. Oh, God, no. Um... But he seems to be fine, which is great. Yeah, I mean, you have three ways child actors turn out. You have the uh, arrested for doing horrible things and doing drugs. You have the dropped out of the industry, got a college degree, and maybe they come back later. And then you have Will Wheaton. (laughs) Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. Will Wheaton. (laughs) You say Will. Yeah. Will. You say Wheaton. Oh. Yeah, no. Wheaton. Say Will Wheaton. Will, Will Wheaton. Yes. I just... <laughs> yeah, I, I like that episode as yes. well. <laughs> but, like, you um, know, you basically turn into an insufferable prick on the internet is what I'm getting at. So I'm really mm-hmm. glad to see the guy that played Andy back because, like, I don't know. Also, that's another thing mm-hmm. I want to bring up about the last couple of movies, you know, at the end where they mm-hmm. introduce... uh. Kyle and uh, Andy at the end. Of the, yeah, legacy characters. Yeah, the legacy characters. Yeah. And then it goes to the black screen. And it's, and blah, 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 is Andy, you know? And it's like, did he just int- get introduced for Smash Brothers? Because <laughs> the way the credits come on the screen, I'm like, a new challenger approaches. Like, I, I love it. It, it's, it like, really cheesy, is. it's goofy, it's it's there for, like, the fans of the series. It definitely is. Like, you know, for the average moviegoer, isn't gonna be like, oh, fuck, it's Alex, it's Alex Vincent. Yeah, but for me, but for, like, the f- I just yeah. start giggling. <laughs> right? It, it, you know, just, like, seeing Kyle show up at the end, and yeah. then she's, like, she's there to torture the Chucky head yeah. at the end of uh, Colt. It's yeah. just like, fuck yeah, man. I was so this is what I want out of the yeah. series. So, yeah. Um, I, I I did want to mention one more thing. Um, so I noticed some shades of Halloween, uh, the John Carpenter film, at the end of the episode with uh, young Charles. So, um, yeah, did you catch that? I don't know that I did. Okay, so how did how did uh, Halloween, the original Halloween, open up? Jesus, do you remember that? Uh, was it the POV thing? 
Black yeah, the POV Wolf. shot, the little child, mm-hmm. the mom at or his in the Halloween. It was uh, Judith, his sister, right, 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 doing her makeup and that sort of thing, okay. or brushing her hair in the mirror. But they have that kind of same setup here in um, the Chucky show at the end of the episode, where it's a young Charles Lee Ray and he goes to his mom. Yeah, um, and then we get that point of view shot of Chucky or Charles. Charles yeah. So I, I thought that was really interesting. Like, you know, I, you know that Don Mancini has watched a lot of horror and he likes to he likes to he, he he's seen a lot of movies and he references them a lot. He does, like he does with Cedar Chucky, the whole thing. Yeah. Like with Cedar Chucky, the whole thing is all Ed Wood. Oh, God. Yes. No, the whole damn yeah. Glenn or Glenn or Glenda. You know what I mean? Yeah. So, you know, I, it's little things like that, and I'm kind of keeping an eye out for them. Right. Uh, you know, there's there's all these little... So it, it's great that it's kind of rhyming with itself, mm-hmm. uh, rhyming within the own franchise, but then the fact that they kind of take in little bits and pieces of iconic stuff from other movies and stuff, I really appreciate that. that. So I, I thought that was something cool that I wanted to know. That does remind me, they shot a promo with Chucky for the new Halloween movie. Have you seen that? Mm-hmm. Where yeah, Harvey yeah, it was like a lot Myers of fun. And he stabs it and it just, what, you don't like it? So, But that that's probably not canon. Oh no, but you know, it's <laughs> fun. I mean, not everything has to be canon, but... Uh, while we're on the no, you don't understand. Everything has to be canon. <laughs> Curse the internet, but curse the Marvel Studios. Indeed, that too. But one of the things I want to bring up about the show as a whole so far, that first episode, mm-hmm. is the editing. Oh yeah, the editing is fantastic, and I love the transitions. There are a lot mm-hmm. of old school wipes in this, mm-hmm. like hard wipes too, with like a border on them. Yeah. Like, the scene is sliding over to the next scene, and I love that. It's very oh, it, Star Wars in a way. Mm-hmm. It's very well, old that's actually the old school serial. Mm-hmm. Yeah, old school serials. But, you know, also, like, it's a very pretty show. It really is. In a lot of ways. Like, uh, like Hack and Sack, like, outside of, like, the murder and the terrible people that they show in the show. Oh, it's a beautiful town. Um, the, the, yeah, the, the town is absolutely gorgeous. It's, like, got that nice fall... Look oh it. yeah, no, I can imagine New Yorkers flooding in during the fall to see the leaves change and the locals getting really, really pissed about it. Mm-hmm. And then, you know, the other thing is like the way that the show is shot, there's some really cool shots like um, when they have the Chucky doll on the yard sale table and they do that kind of like... Oh, the rotation. Yeah, the rotating uh, zoom. Yes. You know, and then also like when they do, when they shoot the scenes in the basement, they have that Dutch angle high up camera lens... Mm-hmm. And when they do the like the flickering of the lights and the Chucky moves closer, like that's that's fantastic. I oh, absolutely love that because that yeah. was actually one of the most frightening parts. Because it's mm-hmm. just the doll moving closer and then it's gone and then he just pops up in frame. Ah! Well, and then also like his face. Yeah. The the face of the doll is just absolutely horrifying. It always has been. That's Screaming true. Chucky in the first Child's Play is still one of the most horrifying things I've ever seen. Mm-hmm. And, uh, uh, yeah. Uh, and then, of course, we do have to mention that he ended up killing a cat, which, you know, made me sad. Yeah, I was a little... I, I can't fully get behind this Charles Lee Ray character, unfortunately, because <laughs> I that, can't so. support this serial killer, damn it. Uh, <laughs> yeah, no, I agree. Uh, the cat thing pissed me off, but but it's also kind of necessary. The cat knew. Yeah, the, the cat the cat fucked around and found out. <laughs> the cat but, did. Um, uh, and evil knows but, evil, so. 
Yeah. <laughs> but, you know, it, it's also like, you know, there's, there are people who kind of complain, like, well, some of those animal deaths are pointless, but I think, um, I think there was, it, it was necessary to have Chucky kill that cat. It's also a good reminder that no matter how friendly he seems toward this kid and how much, no matter how much you think he relates to him, he still murdered this kid's cat. Yeah, and then he makes the joke about it, um, like, when he reveals himself to Oh, Jake. yeah, just, I thought you meant the cat. Mm-hmm. Yeah. Oh, yes, and also another reference, uh, so the, the, the other half of the Wheeler family living in that big house, uh, definite shades of, um, uh, what was it? Seed of Chucky with Glenn when uh, they were making that movie or no, no, with they were making that fictional movie uh-huh. about Chucky. Yeah. And that that house kind of had a similar layout to the one that we see in this episode. Yeah. Belongs to Logan. Yes. So, so, yeah, like there's all these little tiny and I'm sure I could pick out a lot more. Mm-hmm. I'm not going to because then that just kind of gets annoying after a while. But does it, um, though? Does it really? Uh, yeah, like, I, I gotta think does. about the audience. Yeah, that's true. <laughs> but um, yeah. So like, all I know is that I came out of that first episode, um, just so thrilled. Yeah, so thrilled. Well, I came out of it extremely happy with how it turned out, but I think more importantly for both Sci-Fi and USA, I came out wanting the next episode right then. Mm-hmm. And that's and the best you can do with a TV show. A lot of times, is make people go. Okay, now what? And and it ended on such like a perfect little like cliffhanger. Mm-hmm. Um, like I, I feel like to to use like an old fashioned term, I think that like TV is going to be Chucky's Ballywick. Like it, it's going to be where Chucky succeeds the best is on television. I think you're right. Also, I think it's going to get him to a broader audience because, mm-hmm. uh, you know, rated R movies, you can't get everybody into the theater. TV show, but yeah, 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 TVMA show, and I'm like, I'm glad they're not shying away because with television there was that risk that like they were gonna like significantly alter Chucky's vocabulary, if you know what I mean. Yeah, which they did not. Yeah, which I really appreciate. They're like, you know, if we're doing TVMA on cable, we're gonna fucking do TVMA on cable. Yeah, Chucky definitely came through the transition completely intact as a character. And I'm just, I'm looking forward to spending a lot more time with this dog, because we only get to spend, like, an hour and a half at most with him per movie. Mm -hmm. But now we're going to be able to spend uh, close to eight, seven or eight hours with him. You know what I mean? And we're going to get to delve into Charles Lee Ray, and I'm really excited about that. Yeah, so I I can assume that you're probably going to catch the next episode, right? Oh, yeah. Yeah. (laughs) When does that come out, by the way? Uh, it comes out on Tuesdays at uh, 10 p.m. Pacific Standard Time. All right, cool. I'll have it by Thursday, so awesome. Yeah. Yeah. So, um, yeah, I think uh, we more or less covered it. You know, we've, we've talked for close to an hour about this first episode, but I think we were both very pleased by it. We were both pleased and excited about it, so yes. Mm-hmm. So, um, I suppose I, we can wrap it up here. I do want to thank the listeners who have been giving us feedback or giving me feedback about the episodes. Um, I, I'm very uh, happy with how, how all this is turning out. The plan is that I will be uh, posting the spoiler-free reviews on Haunted MTL, and then I will have this podcast to kind of have that spoilerish discussion. Mm-hmm. Um, 
I am working on the Child's Play 3 episode. We had a scheduling issue, but I'm hoping to get that sometime in the next week. You might end up getting a couple of episodes a week because at this point we're switching gears to following the show. Mm -hmm. But I do want to get the movie episodes in there as well. Oh, yeah. So there might be a week where you get a couple episodes. Well, the so movie's good for you. so important. Yeah, and then I, I still have my one-off. Like I'm gonna, uh, one of the episodes I uh, episodes I have planned is I'm going to sit down with my dad over at his place and we're going to talk about the first Child's Play movie because he let me watch it when I was like four or five years I old. I still remember you telling me that story <laughs> about them walking yeah. in on you trying to do the voodoo curse to go into your doll. Right. So, you know, just like, what what's his perspective on this? Like, why am I so screwed up? That sort of thing. <laughs> yeah, so, no, it's like, Dad, thank uh, you for being on the show. Thank you. Where did I go wrong? <laughs> <laughs> exactly. Um, so, yeah. Um, I, uh, so, Kevin, thank you so much for hopping on with me this morning. I know things are hectic all around. Oh, but, buddy, I'm happy to do it. I just, I love talking to you, well, dude. Thank you. I love, talking, I love to you. talking to you about any range of subjects. Uh, yeah. I'm going to go ahead and say it on the show. I would love to be back for the remake episode. Yeah, I, I think what I'm going to do is, and I, I have a couple people who want to be on certain episodes, so I might even have like two guests Ooh. for an episode. Um, yeah, I, I was originally intending to have another guest join us for this one, but didn't get back to me in time. So okay. I'll, I'll probably pull him in for one of the movie episodes, but cool. you know. That, that's the hardest part of this podcasting thing is scheduling. It really crap, is. You know what I mean? It really is. Yeah. People don't understand how hard we're working. You just don't. You have no idea. <laughs> I am knee-deep in Graham Hancock right now, and uh, it is icky. <laughs> Actually, here's the thing. It's not as icky as David Icke. Mm -hmm. I'm just going to leave it there. I, I think you mean Ikey? No, it's Ike. <laughs> no, no. Uh, oh, I, I'm making it's, an Oh, right. Ike. It's Ikey, yeah. but not Ike. See, the joke doesn't work when I have to explain it, damn it. Like she said, <laughs> once you smash it with a hammer, it's dead. Yes. <laughs> Speaking of, let me just go on real quick and say uh, I'm really impressed with Chucky's speed and efficiency in turning that frog into an undead altar. <laughs> yeah, that's one thing we didn't mention, but yeah. Like five um, seconds, that frog is like a freaking temple to Debella. Yeah, and then just like... In the middle of the class, I know people are like looking down at their stuff, but that's like some that's some risk. That, right that is definitely. We were talking about that, me and me and my roommate. We were just like, man, that's uh, that's crazy. There, like nobody <laughs> saw that shit. <laughs> All right, well, I think we're gonna go ahead and wrap up here awesome. again, Kevin. Thank you so much for joining me. Hey, happy to do it as always. And if you have anything that you would like to plug here at the end of the episode, that would be fantastic. Absolutely. If you guys want to hear me and David talk about big feats and sweaty men's coming up over the next few <laughs> weeks, we are working on the Falk Monster episodes of Supernatural Selection. You can find them at supernatpod.rocks. Uh, if you have questions for the show, please uh, feel free to check the navigation at the top. And uh, we also have a Patreon you can support. I'm not going to go into all that, but you can find it all at supernatpod.rocks. And it's going to be our first like three-parter series. Originally, I was like, okay, it's going to be a two-parter. And then I think I like DM'd you at like 2 a.m. Like, okay, <laughs> so it's going to be a three-parter. <laughs> <laughs> you did, and I'm like, I, I don't care. It's great, man. It's all gold. So. Like, no, the the episodes, like, we've recorded two of them so far. 
mm-hmm. and they've been fantastic. Like they, I'm, I'm very happy. Your, like because it, it's me writing them. Your outlines have pleased. been really amazing, and uh, I think you and I are both now really paranoid about horses. <laughs> yes. So if you under if you want to understand why I'll never trust a horse, <laughs> make sure you listen to Supernatural Selection. Yeah. On Deviant Behavior Radio. And if you can't find um, it through that name, just look up Kevin the Bastard. Uh, you'll you'll find it. Oh, and I I do have I have an announcement actually. Oh, do you? Um, <clears throat> yeah. So on Deviant Behavior Radio, I already have my show, The Mutant Hours, which you can listen to on Mondays and Wednesdays at midnight Pacific time. Yes. No, midnight Central time. Yes. Yes, that's it. Um, but I'm actually going to be starting a second show on Deviant Behavior Radio. I heard something uh, about this. The Yep, the Haunted MTL Radio Hour. Uh, we're going to start playing some of these Haunted MTL podcasts, of which we have several, um, over on Deviant Behavior Radio. And it's going to be a block that starts just before, um, an hour and a half before the Mutant Hours. But I'm going to have uh, Monday and Wednesday nights on lock over there. Awesome. Yeah, so uh, this this podcast will probably show up. Um, well, most definitely because I love to self promote. <laughs> but um, you know, we also have uh, the podcast Streaming Demons, which is a lot of fun, and we have AA, and you know, it's it's going to be a lot of fun. And I'm also going to be playing a character to introduce the podcast. Oh, nice! Yeah, it's kind of my little nod to like the horror host. Sort oh, of thing. yeah, you're on little Spingooly. Yeah, so um, I'm very excited about that. Um, I'm going to try to see if I can get it going next week, um, but probably most likely the week after, just so I give myself that time to record. Cool. But, um, so yeah, that was, uh, our spoilerific discussion of Chucky season one, episode one. Definitely. Death by misadventure. And if you don't have cable or a streaming service where it's available, that first episode is available on YouTube. So definitely Mm -hmm. go and check it out. Yep. Uh, and it's, it's great. You know, they also have like an extended version with like a little cast interview as well. So, yeah, uh, you can find that on like, I think the USA network YouTube page. Mm-hmm. It uh, so, should yeah. be there. Yeah. All right. Well, um, with that being said, we're going to close out here again. Thank you to all who have been listening. Thank you for uh, subscribing if you're on Spotify and, uh, we'll catch you next week with episode two. Vaya con Dios. You have been listening to Kids' Stuff, a Chucky podcast, a Haunted MTL original podcast. Our theme is Pop Goes the Weasel by Kevin McLeod. You can find more of Kevin McLeod's music at incompetech.filmmusic.io. If you want to find out more about me, the podcaster, you can just go to hpkomics.com, hpcomics.com, or... You can find me on the socials at HPKOMIC. For more great horror content, do not forget to visit hauntedmtl.com. <laughs>